What's up, podcast, and welcome to another episode of Life with Football. I'm your host, Kyle Smith, Platform Sports League. I really enjoyed this conversation with head coach Pat Shanley from Lafayette Jeff High School up in Lafayette, Indiana. Lafayette Jeff is a 6A high school. It's the biggest conference, uh, biggest class in the state. Coach Shanley, great guy, humble guy, uh, really has a great football story. Basically came to Lafayette Jeff as an assistant, as a coordinator in 2015 to work under Brian, head coach Brian Moore. Gave Coach Moore a lot of credit with turning that program around. Um, he was there one year as an offensive coordinator and then took over as a 30-year-old head coach. Um, Lafayette Jeff really put confidence in, in him to continue that turnaround at the program. And uh, and the rest speaks for itself. So they went from a program in 2014 with a 1-9 record to... 2015 winning six games, 2016 winning six games, in 17 they won 10, in 18 they won 9, and 19 they won 9. So Lafayette Jeff has had a major turnaround, um, and Coach Shanley is a obvious tremendous reason for that. We really just get into his story growing up in Northwest Indiana, um, and just kind of how he came uh, into the coaching world and his journey up into the head coaching spot as a young head coach at Lafayette Jeff. Um, really through this crazy time with the uh, COVID-19 virus here in Indiana, I've obviously had my eyes on how football programs are communicating to their athletes. This is obviously an unprecedented time, and I was just really impressed on how Lafayette Jeff, how that coaching staff has really engaged uh, their athletes on social media, um, giving them a chance to interact and really make some things fun and really stay together as a team. So we got into that. I was able to pick Coach Shanley's brain as far as his approach and, and really what his program stands for. Had a really good conversation. Hopefully this brings some value to you. I appreciate you guys tuning in. Let's take a listen. Again, I appreciate you coming aboard and just joining me and talking a little bit about yourself and, and the reason that I asked you um, on the show is really just because I saw the communication going out through social uh, from Lafayette Jeff to the, to the students, to the athletes, and how you guys have been engaging with each other and, and really just wanted to you know, pick your brain on your thoughts behind that. But we'll get there eventually if you're all right. Yeah, that's good. Kind, of, yeah. kind of wanted to get into your story a little bit. So Rensselaer, high school football, the, the Northwest Indiana, give me an idea of kind of what life was like and what high school football was like up there. Yeah, so uh, Rensselaer is a small town. Um, it's a tight-knit community. My parents uh, both grew up there, both raised there. And, uh, and, and our high school football coach was Chris Meeks. Our entire staff was comprised of Rensselaer people. And, um, you know, the, many of the guys that coached me at, at Rensselaer are still guys that are, are there and involved with the program and on staff today. but. You know, Chris Meeks, he just had uh, an unbelievable gift and still has an unbelievable gift of getting you to play hard for each other and for your community. And that's um, something that really helped me develop my passion for the game and just the sport of football. And um, he had a really big impact on me personally. Um, I was a bit of a knucklehead, um, <laughs> just, just immature and, yeah. and growing up and, and just did stupid stuff. Still do, but, um, you know, I wanted to play and, and, and Coach Meeks – 
pretty much sat me down and had a conversation for me as, as a sophomore and said, look, man, if you want to have any possibility of contributing to this team and helping us win games, then you got to, you got to act right, you know? Right. Um, so learned pretty quickly that he was in control of, of, of something I sure. wanted and that was playing time, but he did it in a way that um, was powerful and motivating. And he's just, in my eyes, he's the best high school football coach in the state of Indiana. That's awesome. uh, you know, my number one mentor, we don't talk all the time, but we, when we do talk often, it's still coach Meeks and, and just the amount of respect I have for him and, and what he's done for me in my life. And, and for that community in general, it's just, you know, what inspires me to, to do my job as good as I can each and every right. day. Right. Absolutely. I had, I had a similar experience, my high school coach, and it's kind of, you know, it, a kind of a latent function, I guess, of the coaching world. It's the influence that you put on these kids. And, and we were lucky enough, like you said, just to have that, have that figure in our lives, that male figure in our life, just to kind of guide you. I mean, same, same scenario. I think I was a little, so I had an older brother in high school. He was a starting quarterback. He was a junior when I became a freshman. And it was all this talk like, hey, you know, Timmy's got a younger brother that's supposed to be good, supposed to be good. And my head was like this walking into high school. And it was cut, it was cut down pretty quickly by uh, my coach, Coach Langella. And, um, you know, just to have that figure in there to guide you through there. I mean, it sticks with you for life for sure. So I'm sure, and from your perspective, like you said, in inspiration to continue or to get into coaching, but um, what would you say, I guess, just in serving as a role model or that, that figure in others' lives and how important that is to you? I mean, that's everything. That's, that's why we do what we do. Um, you know, that's, I think, I speak on, on behalf of our entire coaching staff here at Lafayette Jeff. I mean, we're in this business because we want to help kids and and we want to help them reach their dreams and reach their potential. So, you know, it, um, you know, it's important that we win, um, especially at a school like Lafayette Jeff. Uh, Winning is important, but uh, I think the things that we value the most at Lafayette Jeff is just being there for our kids and helping them in any capacity that we can. So we're going to push them. We're going to challenge them, even despite tough circumstances right now. We're still uh, pushing them and challenging them. But um, the number one most important thing in our conversations with them uh, not just through this quarantine, but through everything is just, you know, how are you doing? You know, right. how's your well-being? How can we help you? And, um, you know, it, it's a, it's a profession. It's a business that's of service. And that's something that, that um, I know my coaches um, growing up, they took seriously. And it's something that the, the guys on our staff here at Lafayette Jeff take very seriously as well. That's great. That's great. So I, back in high, back to high school. So and I just researched from some articles that I could find out there for you. But so linebacker, running back, offense, defense, both ways. Yeah, old school football, special teams yeah. too. So um, yeah, it, uh, it, you know, each year it seemed like Coach Meeks asked me to to do something a little bit different. Um, you know, we I was just an average high school football player, quite honestly. Um, just tried to work hard as best I could for Coach Meeks and just just really enjoy playing high school football with my buddies. Um, sure. my, my best friends on the football team are still some of my best friends today. So, you know, that's really what it was about. We, we had some success. You know, we won a couple conference championships. But um, the year after I graduated, I um, was actually a volunteer on staff while I was a student at Purdue. Okay. And, um, you know, seeing the Coach Meeks knock that door down and, and win that first sectional championship for our community was really, really special. So um, That's great. Yeah, it just, I don't know, it, it's a special experience. It's kind of fun talking about it. it brings back Absolutely. Great memories. That's great. So uh, started 
as an assistant on the staff right away after high school. And I guess how long were you there for before making kind of a first move? Just uh, I just did one year with Coach Meeks, and then from there I tried to kind of do experience the college thing. Um, still coach some summer baseball. In fact, I wanted to be a baseball coach. That's that's um, you know I, I was going to coach baseball and football, but nice. You know, it uh, when I got my first coaching job, I went to Mount Vernon uh, down in Indianapolis. Just just life took me to Indianapolis and um, coached under Doug Peacock for three years, and it was a part of a really good staff. There's a lot of guys. Tim Miller's the head coach at Lapel. Uh, ben Weiss is an offensive line coach at Fishers. Uh, Eric Nielsen was a head baseball coach for some number of different places. He had a lot of success. And uh, Scott McMurray's a defense coordinator at Kyle, uh, with Kyle Ralph in New Pal. Okay. Uh, and uh, Bobby Ryan's a head coach at Frankton. It was a really, really good staff, and we struggled there, actually, believe it or not. But, uh, sure. you know, a lot of us young guys that came in under Coach Peacock, uh, we all got riffed at the same time as in the, in the late 2000s when the market took a crash. And, uh, you know, fortunately interviewed, my first interview after getting riffed from there was at Ben Davis, and they offered me Got a it. job on the spot. So I canceled my other other interviews and said, wow. uh, you know, this is a this is the place for me. This is a place where football is really important, and uh, I can go in and learn under some great coaches and, and a great program and see the process that it takes to, to win at a very high level. So sure, sure. That, that's the process that took me to, to Ben Davis. Right. And, and as you talked about all coaches and mentors and staffs you've been a part of, I'm sure there's just tons of learning going on. But I'm just kind of curious, you know, you get to a Ben Davis at, you know, the top uh, class in the state and obviously a powerhouse. What's I guess what's different about it or what shine bright to you when you show up to a program like that? Well, it's a seven day a week job in season. I learned that uh, my first coaches meeting. Sat in on an offensive meeting, Justin Ferris, our offense coordinator, but uh, we were prepping for Indianapolis Cathedral in the Lucas Oil game, and, and Dick Dolahan, Coach Dolahan, comes in, and, and um, he gave a clinic essentially on QB wedge and QB sneak and how we were going to triple team the nose. And uh, <laughs> holy cow, man, this is, this is awesome. This is different. But, it, you know, it's just kind of a – you know, it was hard to not be a fan at, at that right. time and try to soak it up. But, um, you know, Kevin Vanderbush was our strength coach and, and working under a guy who was – sole job was being a strength coach and just trying to get in there and and learn and grind I, I worked my you know I was a head JV coach and a running back coach at uh, Mount Vernon and you know I kind of I went to Ben Davis and their, their varsity staff was full so I, I went down for two years and spent time as an offense coordinator there and, and, and was around some really good kids and, and just tried to show up to everything varsity wise I went to every Sunday meeting uh, really not that I, I wasn't invited but I, it wasn't required for me to go so right you know the, the each offseason, there was an opening, and each offseason, Coach Kirshner, you know, he, he hired uh, Brian Ferris um, after my first year there as a, as a defensive position. And then my second year there, uh, Luther Stroder um, went to work, uh, I think, in the, in the – he took another job that didn't require sure. him to coach, and I got to coach running backs. I got to coach Chris Evans, um, which yeah. was a lot of fun. But It's funny. Um, I uh, Actually, I've, I've been working with him a bunch and some, awesome. some other things going on, and – I just ran your name past. I had no idea of the connection. He was like, oh, Coach Shanley, like, it was my running back coach. So, yeah, that's cool that that, that connection was there. So, um, what? how important – because you mentioned this. Like, you weren't – it's not that you weren't invited, but you weren't, weren't required to be somewhere. So, as a young coach, um, how important is it to take advantage of some of those unspoken or not required things and be in attendance and just be around, I guess? That, that's a great question. Um, you know, I think when you're young, you, you know, you can, 
you try to go in and impress everybody and let them know how much you know. But I, you know, I learned pretty quick working under Justin Ferris to just just grind and and, right. and be an asset in any capacity that I that I could. No job is too big or too small, and and I just tried to to add value to that room as best I could. And, and the best way to do that was by showing up and just asking what I could do. And that that you know that was involved. You know, if Coach Schroeder couldn't be there to to help the running backs at a, at a you know a Tuesday night or a Thursday night in, in November or December or, or January February, you know, I'd, I'd step up and help again, just just being present and just trying to to let you know, kind of quite honestly, the work ethic that that Chris Meeks demanded of, of us as, as football players at Rensselaer, you know, in opportunities like that, it, it kind of shined through. Just trying to, you know, I think my message to to answer your question to young coaches that are trying to to to, to move up the ranks is just be mm-hmm. present where you are. Don't, don't go looking for that next job all the mm-hmm. time. You know, you add value number one to the lives of the kids that you're coaching each and every day and, and, and do whatever it takes to help those kids succeed. And then to your coaching staff, you know, ask questions, soak up knowledge, learn as much as you can, but just being present and grinding and, and, and not, you know, being, being what you ask your kids to do, don't make excuses, right. show up no matter the circumstances and just be present. So that's great. Um, That's great served, served me well. And, you know, I think it, it more importantly served our kids uh, at that time very well. That's great. All right. So you gained experience there. Uh, was it the coordinator spot that opened up for you at Jeff or what, how did you enter that staff? I guess, how'd that come about? Yeah. So that's another crazy story, how things are cyclical and come back yeah. around. Um, Justin Myers at the time, um, when it was 2015, when Brian Moore got hired, I had no connection to Brian Moore whatsoever, but Justin Moore was a holdover from the previous staff and was going to work under um, under Brian Moore. Justin Myers was, and he was a um, an ETE major at Purdue with me. Uh, both guys that were just education majors that that wanted to get in and, and coach. And uh, he said, "Hey, we're looking for coaches. Um, you want to move closer to home? We've got a technology opening." Hmm. And, um, just kind of, you know, my my wife at the time we were living in Zinesville. She's a Purdue graduate as well. We had really no interest in, in going back to Lafayette, but we came up there and uh, came up, watched Coach Moore put him through a workout in February before I made a decision. And we were really, really bad, you know, we <laughs> right. in, we were in the auxiliary gym and couldn't complete a pass. And uh, yeah. I vividly remember Coach Moore, um, you know, we walked out of there and I'm just kind of like, holy cow, going from thinking it, just even considering going from Ben Davis to this. Right. And, Wow. Um, Coach Moore looked at me and said, look, man, you know, we can build this here together. If we win three games next year, these guys are going to think we're a lot smarter than we are. <laughs> right, <laughs> we were right. fortunate enough uh, to, to get some really good players out. Uh, Brett Sheldon was our wide receiver coach at the time and, and, and worked really hard to get some basketball kids out that hadn't played previously. And, and uh, you know, and we, we, we together worked together to chuck the ball up a little bit and win, uh, kind of screwed around and won eight games. Sure. It was wow. a lot of fun. Man. That, that was a, that, that year of – of learning under Brian Moore, that guy is as meticulous as you can possibly get, and no detail is too small, no stone unturned. And sure, you know, I learned. I probably not that I didn't learn football under other guys, but you know, being in that position, him granting me the opportunity to be an offensive coordinator, and then him forcing me to answer the why we're doing everything really forced me to grow and learn, and, and it was just a great experience for me. That's great. As a so, is this your first time calling plays on the varsity side? Yeah, in 2015. That was my first time. Uh, I was the JV offense coordinator for two years at Ben Davis before moving on to that. Give me a little, I guess, you know, science of football, X's and O's, scheme. I mean, what type of 
I guess, philosophy behind the offense? How'd you come about building what you put in, I guess, there? Yeah, so um, you know, we do – we truly honestly do a lot of what Rochester, Illinois does out of uh, okay. Derek Leonard. Um, okay. yep. He is a football genius. Uh, so Coach Moore ran that for one year at Fountain Central before taking the Jeff job. And, uh, and Brett Sheldon came over and brought it with him. And, you know, we, we tried to combine a little bit of, of, of what, you know, we did at Ben Davis, but it really truly became a lot of, of what Rochester was doing, what Coach Moore did. And, and he really made me a, a believer in GT counter. And, um, and just how we call plays, how we go up tempo, no huddle, how we're all verbal with it. Um, you know, multiple formations, more, multiple personnel groupings. And just it, it's a – it's a fun offense to coach in, and sure. I just, you know, think, too, just as, as offensive linemen, man, we're not in there just blocking inside zone and road graders. We're getting, right. out and getting, moving, um, getting the ball out of our quarterback's hands, getting into our athletes in space as, as much as we can. So it's, it's um, you know, it's kind of the origins of the offense. Right. Um, you know, each year we tweak it a little bit uh, as we continue to study, you know, what the college offenses are doing. And um, obviously we want to curtail our offense and, and get it to fit our kids each and every year. So GT I don't know if that answers your question or not. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think so whenever I hear that, I think more of like a personality to that offense, that uh power and uh physicality to it. And I think what you alluded to, more or less it starts there, right? And the auxiliary stuff comes and builds off of that. Would you kind of say that you, you, like you mentioned, I mean not everything is inside zone. So I no, uh, in fact, we don't, in fact, we don't run any inside zone, man. We, really? uh, we're a hundred percent gap scheme. Uh, we, we dabbled, um, my first year as head coach in 2016, uh, we started dabbling with a little bit of inside zone, but we were averaging about 2.1 uh, per play on that. Uh, so when we looked at the data after the season, we kind of scrapped that and outside zone and just got really, really good at, at running GT counter sure. as, as many different possible ways as we, as we could. Uh, so we, you know, we want to get good at something and, and try to do our best to master something. And, uh, you know, a little bit of, sh of a shout out to our offensive line coach, Shane Turnseed. He, he came on in 2017. And uh, since then, you know, our, our run game and just our ability to block people has improved tremendously. But I think it's a combination of Coach Turnseed coming on and just a, uh, us simplifying our run game a little bit. That's awesome. Awesome. I guess as far as – so – it's a better time at Lafayette Jeff right now. So that turnaround you, you talked about, I mean, you were obviously a, a huge part of that. Give me an idea, you know, walking into a program like that, what it took or what was paramount for the coaching staff to communicate to those players to get them to believe and, and change a culture there. Yeah, so that, that first year, Brian, um, he really established a strong culture and discipline and everything that it takes to win, excuse me. And, um, you know, we had to just, we had to kind of ride that wave a little bit, but, you know, we, we tweaked some things culture wise, um, you know, the, the earn the stripe thing, uh, is something that we added, um, right. you know, my second year and, and that's had a really positive impact in terms of, of, of helping motivate kids and providing an incentive for them to, to just eliminate the excuses and put the work in. But um, so give us some a little bit about that. I wanted to talk about that, yeah. but if you could explain what that kind of system is. So I think um, we got the idea. I think North Vermilion has different color face masks for guys okay. that, that reach a certain standard during the off season and what's being asked of them. 
Uh, so that kind of popped into my brain, like, hey, let's try to earn a stripe. So for guys to earn a stripe on their helmet, they've got to be at 90% of the off-season workouts. Things happen, things come up. So we kind of have a little bit of a, you know, that 10% uh, leniency that, that where life happens, if somebody's got to go to the dentist or, you know, there's a death in the family. Um, regardless of what the circumstances are, which sounds kind of cold-hearted, but, you know, they don't earn their stripe, their check mark essentially right. for that day. Um, so, you know, if we have 100 off-season workouts, you know, they need to be at 90 of them for them to have that stripe on their helmet. And each year, that number, it's really kind of neat. It's grown. You know, right. last year we had 90% of our football team that had earned their stripe on their helmet. So, and then it's, it's kind of neat because, you know, you don't want to be one of those guys that don't have that stripe on their helmet because everybody sure. in the stadium knows, you know, and can see it. And that's not to embarrass kids or anything, but, you know, it, it, it's number one that this is, this is for you to have that thing, you've got to work. You, you sacrificed, um, you know, a little bit of social time. You sacrificed, um, you know, maybe if you, you were feeling a little bit under the weather, I know that's mm-hmm. a sensitive thing to talk about right now. But, right, right. you know, just, just, just putting in the work, man. And, and that's, yeah. I think, together, it's, and that's, and it's not the – if the kids said, you know what, screw this, we're not uh, – it's just a stripe, it's silly. Um, if they if they treated it that way, um, it wouldn't have been a success. But our seniors at that time, that first year we lost, it really made it important. And each year our, our seniors have helped raise that bar a little bit. Like, hey, let's beat the previous class. Let's have higher right. attendance in the last group that came through here. And they understand support. So it's been sure. neat to kind of see the, the growth of that and see the kids take it serious. That's great. And the word that screams out to me is accountability. Like something I didn't understand – until even like until I got into real life, you know. So even in college, and you have coaches screaming at you when you're almost dying, it's like you be accountable, be accountable. But that to me is a tool to help enforce or hey, you got to show up not only for yourself but others and that team to grow as a whole. And I didn't understand that concept basically until you know family comes about and I'm accountable for other people and all of that. So I think that's, that's an awesome kind of system and tool you have going. And what you mentioned, as far as the culture and the seniors and the players actually taking it over. I mean, to me, that is the ultimate transition. You know, you could scream it to your blue in the face as the coach, but somebody has to adopt it and, and take it over. And it sounds like you guys, your guys did. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, So right now, I mean, you mentioned it and with everything going on, it's a, extremely tough time um even in the the coaches world um uh, you know had a tragedy at, at north central with uh coach logan down there um you know it's really unprecedented and i just wanted to express you know my my thoughts and, and prayers to that family and, and program as well um but with that being said you're accountable the word accountable to I mean, how many guys are on the team and even your students in class? I mean, what would you say as far as the number that you're looking over right now? So we're anywhere between 82 to 85 guys on our roster, 10 through 12. And then um, in terms of students that that we've got every day uh, and we're we're doing the e-learning with them and we're checking on about 100 kids uh, in the classroom. So, um, yeah, it's we're at home, but but the work's not stopping uh, for us as teachers and and what we're really pushing and stressing to our kids, the work can't stop for you either. So right. um, our accountability and, and us earning our, our stripes um, mm-hmm. and our culture, it, it can't change. So 
you know, we're trying to get creative and, and still create that team aspect. We're still trying to build a team right now. So we've kind of moved away from kids sending us individual workouts and, um, you know, not trying to give away any secrets. I, I'm sure there's sure. other schools that are doing it too, but um, sure. we've gone to a 10 a.m. Zoom workout um, as, as um, their way of earning their stripes. So Monday through Friday, uh, Coach Greg Dunkel, our strength coach, is doing a tremendous job. Uh, he's staying a day ahead, and he's a state police officer, so he's working. He's on the clock, wow. uh, working a working a nine to five, and he's coming home and and, and putting together uh, and programming a, a workout that's different than anything he's ever done. You know, with, with these circumstances, so wow. you know, without him, we wouldn't be able to, to execute this at a level that that we need to. But um, nonetheless, getting back to that, I wanted to hold kids accountable. You know, instead of twenty kids just sending us little snips of workouts. Let's see them actually doing it. Uh, so, so we put in, uh, you know, I guess we did this Zoom thing uh, where we're using Huddle. Our workouts are in Huddle, and we're sending them a message for the link to accept the invitation, just like you did for an email. They click on that link, and, and here we go. We've got 65 kids. Wow. That number needs to grow, but we've got 65 kids, you know, working out together as a team, forcing them to get their butts out of bed. Not that, not that 10 a.m. is early, but, sure. you know, I hear you. probably earlier for most of them than, than right. what they so yeah man it's been good we're we uh just finished up day two of that today and and um you know we've got to improve our numbers and we've got to get certain guys on board with it quite honestly but uh yeah. you know it's great more than anything it's just great to see the guys again and yeah i think they're excited to see each other i bet absolutely how did um i guess day one or when you realized as a staff and this was going to happen um i'm just curious on how it came together you know the discussions and as a staff and how you kind of implemented that and put that in place. Cause really the well, tough thing in any organization, I mean, I'm, I'm out of coaching, but still, I mean, I'm in human resources and it's like, regardless of what you're doing it's the communication and how it's getting out and how you're engaging in whatever your audience is. So I'm just kind of curious on how that came about. Yeah. So the first week that we were in this situation, um, we took our roster and we divided everybody up into subgroups. So we're fortunate that we have 16 coaches on our staff. Wow. Uh, so each coach is responsible for about six to eight kids and communicating uh, with those six to eight kids, checking on them, number one, their well-being. Number two, um, are, how's your e-learning going? And then number three, um, are you completing the workouts? So uh, we've been, you know, we're now going into to week four, no, week five of wow. this situation, uh, but for, for five weeks. I know our assistant coach has been doing a tremendous job just communicating with kids and checking on them. Um, but you know that, I don't know if that answers your question or not, but um, yeah. you know, that first week, man, I, I don't know if anybody really knew what we were in store for. Right. You know, we kind of thought, you know, we'd be a two or three week extended spring break and we'd be back to work in April. And right. Uh, unfortunately, um, you know, fortunately and unfortunately, this is a situation that, that we're in. So we've got to make the most of it. And, and, you know, again, we can't change our standard. We can't let our culture, uh, I guess, you know, we can't change our culture. We can't, we can't let it get, get bad, I guess. And sure. Poor sure. choice of words there, but you, you know what I'm saying? We're just That's trying great. to keep pushing them and keep challenging them and keep communicating with them. That's great. Great coach. All gas, no breaks. I wanted to ask about that. Is that uh, something that existed when you showed up or is that something you kind of put in as the, that mantra there? What's yeah, so behind I, it, what's it about? Yeah, I think it was just kind of we're going to go fast. 2015 it was really, you know, how we were playing in terms of the style of our offense. And then 2016, uh, when, I, when I took over, I wanted to make it something bigger. You know, it's not just 
um, how we're playing football. You know, this, this whole thing that we do here is way more than football. We tell our kids that all the time, you know, so, so how we attack our workouts, how we attack the classroom, how we attack necessarily, um, you know, our relationships with everybody. Uh, we want to give everything we have to it. Right. Um, you know, so that, that's really kind of what it dwarfed into. And each year we kind of add to it. Um, you know, each word kind of means something uh, when we talk to our kids. Grit's one of them, you know, so we talk to them. And, and John Mundell uh, is an assistant coach on our staff. He leads our uh, leadership program for all of our kids. Right. And um, so, so he does a great job just kind of trying to add to and, and keep giving our kids little nuggets that they can grab onto that kind of help them throughout the course of, of each and every day and throughout their life. I guess it, it, with just a couple minutes left, I'm just curious, you know, I'm obviously into the recruiting aspect of things and not necessarily the accolades and stars and all that stuff, but the recruiting process for me as a high school kid was stressful, anxious. I couldn't stand it. I didn't understand it. My parents didn't. I mean, I was the first one to kind of go through it. So I'm curious, you know, as far as your experience, you know, being the head coach and what you see as an overall barometer for the kids. I mean, think about your class of 2021 kids, um, how you serve as a resource for them and kind of what you try and do to help with that process. So uh, Shane Turnipseed, he, he, every offseason, he puts together a full page document that has um, our kids, uh, all their contact information, all their weight room numbers, all their testing numbers. Um, their email address, uh, their, st their stats, um, and we, he'll actually send that out to every college within Indiana and every surrounding state. So he'll, he'll look up all of that. So we send that out to them, um, and, that, and that does include test scores and GPA. Sure. Um, and then on top of that, two years ago, we actually started the Lafayette Area College Day, and uh, we did it – the first year we did it on our own. The second year, um, Harrison McCutcheon – West Lafayette all jumped in on it. Uh, unfortunately, we don't get to do that this year. Right. Um, but that that thing last, uh, that we did last year, DeMarco Cross uh, got an offer from Coach you know, Coach Speck um, off of that. And then Bishop Johnson, our wide receiver army, was there watching him in action. He came away with an offer from, wow. from that as well. So uh, we're going to continue to do that. Uh, we're going to constantly promote our kids on social media and do anything we can. Uh, we're going to reach out to college coaches. Um, uh, in any way that we can to help promote our kids um, as well. So, you know, we're constantly learning and, and trying to ask questions on how we can better promote our kids because, again, it's about serving them. Sure. Uh, but at the, the end of the day, I'm proud of the work that our coaching staff put in to, to promote our kids, uh, to give them opportunities and help them kind of chase their dreams. That's great. I love uh, – that's one of the more recent, I think, uh, innovations or developments is that community-based or multiple schools working out or, or being there at the same time. Um, and I'm just thinking as an area coach for a college, just to get the chance to see everybody or most of those kids in my area. I mean, how great of a tool and resource that is. That's huge. Yeah. And it, you know, we stole it from Indianapolis. Um, Indianapolis has been doing it for a long time, yeah. but it, it does take some, some, you know, communication with your spring sport coaches and then amongst us as, a, as football coaches and staggering our times. Um, that way the division one schools can be there. If, if we're all working out together, they I think the NCAA rules would prohibit them from being there to, to watch that in action. So, right. you know, they're going to start out going to West Lafayette, then they're going to come here, then they're going to go to Harrison, and then they're going to finish on the cut. But it, it does make their job as evaluators 
much easier for, you know, some of our kids here at Lafayette Jeff, they don't have a means to, to get on college campuses, right. quite honestly. So um, from a financial standpoint, it, it makes it much, much better uh, for them as well. That's huge. Well, shoot, Coach, listen, I, I really appreciate the time. I, um, I just, like I said, wanted to reach out. I mean, only interactions was through social media, but I, I definitely respect everything that you guys are doing. And uh, just as a, a, a distant fan, just uh, wish you the best and wish your team the best, especially through this crazy time. And uh, looking forward and keeping those fingers crossed for the fall and seeing you guys out there. I appreciate it. I've always been a fan of yours uh, as a Purdue graduate. And it's, it's neat <laughs> yeah. to see. Uh, what you're doing for Indiana high school football to promote kids and, and help grow this game. So we really appreciate it. We'll, I appreciate we'll continue that. to follow you. you got a bunch of fans up here in Lafayette. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Coach. Best of luck. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Life with Football. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. I appreciate uh, you sharing the episode, getting it out there, hopefully uh, sharing the value that I think uh, these stories provide. And um, we'll keep this thing going. Appreciate your support. Have a great day.